Hello and welcome to Miss Bossy Boots, keeping it real for women in business. My name is Stacey Morgan. I'm the Principal of Port Macquarie Performing Arts and joining me is Jane Hilston. Jane is the Managing Director of Dragonfly Marketing. How's it going, Jane? Hi, Stace. Weekly check-in. How are you doing? Oh, really well, actually, considering I've just survived a week of school holidays. Managing a small business and uh, three children off school is always fun, but actually <laughs> it's gone surprisingly well. We've had a great time. The sun's shining, so, you know, summer's coming. That always puts me in a good mood. What about you, Stace? Easy to get out of the house, especially with the three kids bugging you to get out mm-hmm. of the house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice. Um, I only have two children currently, one on the way, so I don't even know what that whole handling three children and a business thing is like, that's a whole other episode we're going to have to do mm-hmm. early New Year. Um, <laughs> but no, no, all is well in um, in my land and kicking on towards Christmas. Mm-hmm. Isn't that crazy? Yes. We forgot to mention last episode that we celebrated 20 episodes of Miss Bossy Boots, Yay. which doesn't seem like many, but holy moly, it is, f- for us, we found it a massive um, achievement to get to 20 because there were times where the consistency was really struggle. Yes. And we, we're going to um, be a little bit better with our consistency now, listeners, because, um, well, I think just in the last couple of weeks, we've actually had some really positive feedback from people that, that we've run into saying yeah. that they're completely up to date with all the episodes. People When's keep asking when the yeah. next one's coming. Um, I caught up with the gorgeous Chris from Doppio or Nothing, who actually featured on one of our podcasts. He I, he was the person I just ran into when I was just having lunch. Oh my goodness! Yeah, and he like he literally recited the New York podcast about the the one I think that was our, our last podcast that we recorded. Yeah, and he loved it. He was you know deep diving into the frequent flyers and adding some <laughs> you know because he's an accountant, so he was adding a few tips in there as well and talking about how he uses their you know collects their points and those sorts of things. It was big shout out. It was great. Thanks, Chris. And and the other thing he said was he couldn't agree with you more in terms of escaping and finding that inspirational kind of trip or travel or, or bunch of people that really kind of get your fire back. Yeah, injects yeah. you with he said the, the energy. Same thing to me. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, I was just chuffed to hear that. So I was thanks. chuffed too because I said to you prior to recording that episode. Oh, gosh, we don't want to just talk about me <laughs> for the whole thing, do we? But Chris hasn't been the only one that stopped me. So thank you for everyone for the feedback. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> so today we are talking about um, someone who we've never mentioned on the podcast before, <laughs> I say with sarcasm, because uh, um, something that came across Lorraine Murphy's Facebook feed took both of us by surprise and made us both sit up. I'm not sure if you saw what exactly happened to her on Facebook, but Lorraine is you know, incredibly active on social media, especially Instagram. She posts um, an Insta story every two or three hours. I feel mm. like she's just constantly mm. updating. It's mostly it's on fabulous food and a fabulous new daughter. Yeah. Um, but she's, you know, she's there all the time. She has been, she, she gave birth to her baby and then went overseas on a trip. It was partly work and partly going home for a wedding because she's Irish and they did a bit of a holiday in, in amongst it. But she had some work meetings booked here and mm. there. And while she was away, of course, um, you know, baby on board, just taking bub everywhere because um, she's still so young. And she booked a few meetings, including one that she booked in London, and um, it didn't end up eventuating. 
No. So, um, in fact, I think it was the afternoon, Stace, after we'd just finished recording um, our last podcast and we both tagged each other on, on this post as it, as it came up in the field. Uh, sorry, in the, in the news feed. So um, Lorraine's, Lorraine's posted um, a screen grab of the email uh, conversation that she's had with the person that she was going Supposed to, to be meeting with. Meet. Yeah. Um, now, bear in mind, Lorraine's baby is 12, 12 weeks old. So if, if anyone has had exposure to a 12-week-old baby, they're tiny. Yeah. They don't take up a lot of space. And really, you know, unless they're screaming their lungs out. And most of the time at that age, they're sleeping. They're sleeping. <laughs> yes. So anyway. So she got, she accidentally received an email that said, just found out she's bringing a pram and her kid, bracket, WTF, closed bracket. Would you see if we can get a table and room to park it? Thanks. So you can imagine Lorraine's, you know, heart sank at this point to yeah. be described in that way. Um, by clearly someone who who doesn't have a baby. Well, let's hope she doesn't have a baby let's because hope, if, yeah. she, if she's got children and she's treating another woman with a baby um, that way, she's, she might be a, a little bit deranged. Um, Lorraine absolutely nailed her feedback and I imagine she shot this straight back. I'm not sure whether she actually had an hour just to, to simmer and chill yeah. and, before she composed such an eloquent response, which was, I'm assuming this... Um, email wasn't meant for me. Just to explain, my daughter is 12 weeks old and I'm only in London for two weeks. No one else I've met this week has had any issue whatsoever with me bringing her along to meetings and she has been a little rock star at every single one. I find it difficult to envisage a future where women can successfully blend their careers and families if this is the kind of response it elicits in fellow women. I'd rather not meet... Thanks and have a good weekend, Lorraine. Awesome. Awesome. Just awesome. And oh, I just, when I read it, so much of me got so angry, but so much of me went, oh, I wonder who it was. I know. But she's been so classy about it. There's been no naming and shaming, no, no. can you believe this person did this? Like, just no nastiness, no. No, she's highlighting the issue, but not um, not making a, a, a direct um, I guess, a, a, a direct approach at, at the person who's done it. So, um, look, we, you know, we both at that point went, okay, let's do an episode about this. How did you find it when you first had your babies, finding that balance between work and work and home? Oh, look, in the in the beginning, you know, I think I've I've said this to you before, I think when they were tiny... It almost was, like in hindsight, it was almost a little bit easier because you had, you know, I had the kids going into, well, I had the at home for the first 12 months um, and I breastfed all of them for that for, for that first 12 months. So they were with me um, and then they would go into daycare for, for a couple of days a week. And daycare is long hours. So if you need to do a long day of 8 till 5.30, well, you can keep them in from 8 till 5.30. Yeah. Or if you want to just put them in the short day, you know, you can you can do that. And it's all very easy. They're fed. You you know, you drop them off. And the, the daycare I used used to, to feed them. I didn't have to prepare lunches. You know, and, Fabulous. And, and, and at that stage, all I used to think was, gosh, it'll be so easy when they're all at school and, you know, they're all at school together and rah, rah, rah. Yeah. 
Wow, no, <laughs> that's that's not true. <laughs> um, so I, yeah, so that so so I thought that we had a little bit more flexibility. Having said that, though, you know, you you are often waking working around. Um, sleeping Sleep babies, yeah. you know, sleeping and feeding and, and those sorts of things. But, you know, I've got three kids, so by child number three, you're just winging it completely and it's and it's all fine. You just make it make it work. Whereas I think, you know, the first child, it's, it's all very routine. Yeah. I think back on having Lucinda, my daughter, who was my first child, and I had this ridiculous need and desire to be superhuman Mm. and to be everywhere that I was before and to do everything that I did before Mm -hmm. and to not let anyone down in in any way. And if, well, not even not let anyone down, but overcompensate Mm. for, yes, she has a baby now, but yes, she can still Mm. bake that spaghetti for the 24-hour dance off. Mm. She can still... I shouldn't say bake spaghetti. You know what I mean? Cook I spaghetti yeah. <laughs> for the twenty-four hour dance-a-thon. Yeah, um, we'll still turn up to that performance. We'll still go, just be everywhere and do everything that I did mm. before I had a child, just in case I got any grief mm. from anyone who thought otherwise. Mm. And I didn't. Luckily, I had no emails like Lorraine had to deal with. I had no comments from from parents that uh, well not that you knew about because that email was not meant for Lorraine's eyes that's that's true (laughs) but we can't dwell on stuff that that you know might have happened you never know and look there's always someone that will make a snide comment here or here or there and it's and and you can't please everybody you know at some point you will let someone down somewhere it's it's just it's just the way it goes yeah you can only do your best so Lucinda was born in the March and I powered on through that entire time till Christmas and then fell in a heap and just said to my husband, I can't, I Mm. can't do this anymore. Mm. This is just crazy. Um, and then completely decided to change my, my thought process around Mm. what was, what my expectation of myself was Mm. and actually what everyone else's expectation was. Mm. I'm lucky that in, in my business, I teach children so that my clientele are mothers. So they've mm, all had children. <laughs> so mm. yeah, yeah, you know, 99% of the time they, they exactly get where you're coming from. Mm. And I'm very lucky that I've had that, that support. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Behind me the entire time. But with child number two, completely different story. Yeah. And look, uh, and in answer to your question, so whilst I had the kids with me for, for 12, the you know, the first 12 months of their lives, I did actually freelance. So at that stage, I think I started my business just after my second daughter was born. So um, so I was doing, you know, minimal kind of stuff, a couple of days a week, and I would just fit it in around. So, so it was very, very, very flexible. Oh, nice. So I didn't really have the pressures of running my own business at that stage. Yeah. I was really kind of really just freelancing and taking on as much work as I could handle. That was important for me to keep freelancing at that point, and I was very lucky that I, I could just keep working from home, um, being a digital, you know, someone that, that, that plays in that digital marketing space. And, and that was just as digital marketing kind of was starting to become, become a thing. This is yep. about 10 years ago. Um, so I was very, very lucky to, to be able to do that. It was important for me to do that. My work um, has always stimulated me, you know, mentally. Yes. It's always given me a, a sense of self-worth because, even though really in those days I would have been contributing quite a you know negligible amount, I was still contributing something in terms of financial 
um, you know, co- um, yeah. re- reward, I guess, or, or financial compensation for, for what I was doing. And so that for me, you know, if I did want to buy clothing or if I did, you know, if I did want to do something, I felt like I could because I, yeah. I'm, you know, contributing financially, which is ridiculous because yeah. it shouldn't be are, like that. No, it shouldn't. And yeah. it probably isn't, but these are the things that we think about these are in the our things head. That yeah. you think about. But, but, but for my sense of self-worth to keep my brain stimulated because honestly, I love spending time with my, my children, but I found, especially when they were small, it was so boring. Gosh, you know, those yeah. days, when they're babies, they're not doing, they're sleeping the, the yeah. whole time. They can't talk, Yeah, you know, and, and sure, you spend a bit of time stimulating them and, you know, all the Tummy things that you're supposed that. to do. Yeah. yeah, but that's not, you know, that's not 16 hours of a day. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you quickly find friends that you can hang out with and do stuff with, but, you know, as we said before, you're kind of bound a little bit by sleeping and breastfeeding and, and all the rest. Um, so it's a tricky time, um, but it was, it was important for me to just keep doing a little bit in terms of, of work just to, um, keep the brain ticking over. So how did that change for child two and then child three? Well, child two, it just kept going. It was just the same. And then, um, child three, it, it was, it was just the same. And so, you know, Alice then, Alice was getting older. She's my eldest. She was getting older and older. So she would get, um, closer and closer to school and, and more independence and, yep. um, yeah, and you just kind of adapt. Yeah. I found with child two, because I looked back on what I did with child one and was I was not in, at all impressed with how I handled it, I kind of took an extra step back and take a, took an st- extra step off mm. the pressure, mm. an extra step of pressure off myself to try and do everything for child number two. And now that child number three is on its way, I'm doing that again, like taking an even further step, step back, back and, you know, trying to think about, okay, because this is our last, this yep. is our plan for our last child. Mm. So, you know, how, how do I want to enjoy that time? Yes. Whilst getting to enjoy that time because yes. it does go so quickly Yeah, and wanting to also exactly everything you said, keep stimulated and keep working towards a goal and keep contributing and keep yeah. all of those other balls juggling around in the air. Yeah. In terms of parental discrimination, you know, I think that's, you know, as I, as I said before, you know, when, when the kids get to school, it's, it's a little, well, I'm finding it a little bit, little bit more hectic because the school day finishes at three. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, my kids are all very, very busy with their sports and, you know, extracurricular activities. So that afternoon time's hectic And, and before school is, is really hectic. Um, there's a couple of, there's a couple of things that have got my goat this, and it actually one was last year. I was involved in a campaign that I was working on and there was a, a group of us who were all working on this, on this social media campaign. And, um, one of the, that I'll, I'll call him the client, um, sent an email around it at one point saying, um, you know, can we all meet at six o'clock on a Wednesday night? Um, and he ma- and I can't remember the exact words, but he made some inference of Jane. You you're probably not going to be able to attend this because you'll be tied up with children. And I <laughs> blew up <laughs> because did the rest of the people that were working on the campaign with you? They all had kids too. Everybody has kids, right? But you being the all only female them. were the one. I was the out. I was the one mother. Yeah, yeah. And every other man in that group had children my age. And it was six o'clock on a Wednesday night. And I said, I called him, you know, straight away. I've got a fairly 
honest and good relationship with him. But I said, um, you don't need to single me out um, and make allowances for me yep. because I'm a mother of three children. Everybody else in the group has also got children. You didn't make that allowance for everybody else. I'm just unsure as to – I said, I get it. I think you – I actually think you were being genuine – Genuinely well, well meaning. <laughs> Poor guy had no idea what was he happening really when didn't. the phone was ringing. He really oh, it's didn't. Jane. <laughs> he really didn't. But I said, "Well, I said I am big enough to make my own decisions as to whether I will be hamstrung by the fact that I've got three children or not. You yeah. know, if I can't make it, I can't make it. And I find myself, Stace, the, the, like you, you just said that your clients are mostly mums with with kids. Mine are actually usually men with kids. Yeah." But they don't. They're not primary carers. They're not the. They're, they're not the primary carers for their children. So they, they have children generally. My kids' age. Yeah. Um, but they, they're there in no similar circumstance. So Stace, I actually just don't mention it. The the other pet peeve of mine is when one of these said male clients. Um, a couple of them have actually done it where they've called me at, at 3 or 3.30. And, and it's only recently that I've actually stopped um, working beyond 3.30. Yeah. Um, and at, uh, so for the last couple of years, I've been actually working from, well, you know, 4 o'clock in the morning, some yeah. mornings until 6 o'clock at night. Yeah. And it was during this time and, and one of the clients had, had called me at 3 or quarter past 3 and said, oh, you're probably busy getting children. I said, why? And he said, well, it's it's um, end of, you know, school's just finished. I said, I haven't picked up my kids from school for two years. Why, why, would, you, why would you make that inference? Why would you assume that I'm picking my kids up from school? Yeah. And, and I don't know. Was he picking maybe, up his kids from exactly. school as he was calling you? And I don't know. I thought, I don't know if I'm being, I don't know if I'm just being sensitive about this, but why do you just, what? why do you assume that it's my job to... Pick the kids up from school. Now I've actually made I've made the conscious choice now to pick up my kids from school because they've, you know, really want me to. Yeah. And I get I and I do start at four and so I can finish at three and still have said that I've put in a pretty decent day at the office. Yeah. So Has any of those clients ever questioned your the quality of your work? No. Because of Gosh, no. Being tied up for different no, things. No, no, yeah. no. I've at all. I've had that happen to me in that you know, you know, I said I took a step back to take the pressure off. Yeah. I've then had people comment and go, Oh, well, you know, you don't care about our kids anymore, all you do is care about your kids. Oh. And my response to that is, Oh, yeah. Yeah. I it's kind of human nature. Them. Yeah. <laughs> I grew them. Um I do care about them. More than yours. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And that's and that's okay. And it took me a little while to become okay with yeah. that because there was this implication that if I didn't if your child wasn't the centre of my universe, I wasn't doing my job well. Whereas I can have the same love and affection that I do for my students while still being a good mum at home. And some yes. people found that really hard to get their heads around. Which I just, I just don't understand. Like, that's just not a mindset that I understand. You know, and these people have had children. So yes. they get it. They Well, they should get it. Yeah. But oh, I don't know. I guess there's just some things that can't and be explained. Exactly. And so it, it begs me to wonder if the lady that wrote the email that was sent to Lorraine that should have been sent to the assistant, if she did have children and was just having a 
having a moment or whether she's never had kids and never been in that situation and yeah potentially um question for us I don't to know, ask the next time we see her it, and, it, and it, I think too it's London as well and anyone who has ever lived and worked in London and I have see I haven't tell us more it is it is a it is a very very different kettle of fish to even working in Sydney Australians are very 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 laid back yeah so I went and worked in London in 2000 so I was at right at the beginning of my career and I worked in recruitment at the time. I worked with an international recruitment time and I went straight to work um, in a suburb called Bank in the middle of, of London. Mm-hmm. And it's called Bank because all of the very, very, very old established investment banks are all, you know, located, geographically located in this in this suburb. Yeah. And England is very traditional mm. and, and, and that industry in, in particular – is steeped in um, tradition and history. Um, yeah, but also, oh gosh, what's the um, what's the word? It's a very patriotic, patriarchal, um, and I can't think of the word. But it's 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 very. Um, it has rules. Oh, I just can't even. I can't <laughs> place my. I can't place my. I can't place my tongue on the word at the moment. But it's a very. It's very conservative. Yeah. Um. And there's a lot of really posh. Very very posh. Hierarchy. Men. Is that the word? No. no. <laughs> um. It's a. It's traditional. I, I just can't believe I can't think of the word. But, um. Yeah. It's it, it's it, it's a very classist. Very very classist. Yeah. Society. Um, I felt as an Australian, I was, I was, um, looked down upon is, is a hard word, um, a harsh word, but it was, there's, there's racism towards Australians, absolutely apparent in this particular suburb, because then I went on and and worked in a similar organisation, sorry, the same organisation, but in different parts of the, of the city. And I actually worked with the marketing department. So it was, and then there was a whole heap more of um, Antipodeans, Aussies and South Africans and things. It was so much better, so much more relaxed. Yeah. But in this particular suburb bank, it was steeped in in tradition and history and very patriarchal, very male dominated. And investment bankers, I mean, they're almost royalty. You know, they're almost descendants of of, of royalty. Yeah. You know, the, the, the men that work in investment banking. So... You know, if 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 she's gone to a meeting with 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 you know a similar kind of organisation, I can imagine I can imagine them. They would have very traditional traditional old fashioned views mm. about who should and should not be coming into offices for meetings. Would make us it just makes us very grateful that we're we are in a bit more of a laid back oh, society yes. where we can get away with a little bit more. Yeah, that just even you just listening to you talk about it just makes me cringe. Yeah, Ugh. it was it was pretty hardcore to um to adapt to, and they're all lovely people. Don't get me wrong; they're very very polite. I mean, they're English, so they they're incredibly polite and all the rest, but very classist. Yeah, very classist, and and have very very traditional views. We'd love to hear if you've been in a situation where you've been discriminated against in terms of your in terms of parental discrimination, whether mm. being a mother or a father has ever gone in your favour or against your favour. Hmm. Hit us up on our Facebook page. Facebook.com slash Miss Bossy Boots podcast. If you want to follow Lorraine Murphy, she's uh, Lorraine Murphy on Facebook. 
And if you want to find her on Instagram, I'm pretty sure she's at Lorraine Murphy too, but let me just check. <laughs> Lorraine Remarks on Instagram. Great. (laughs) (laughs) Stay tuned for our next episode. We're trying to be as consistent as possible, punching on out every fortnight. Thank Mm -hmm. you so much for joining us, Jane. Thank you, Stacey. Talk to you soon. Bye. 